0: everybody welcome to another episode of light the fight aka the og therapy edition as always i'm your host david in today's episode we're going to be taking a little bit of a break from the intense really deep dive we've been taking on borderline personality disorder and i want to do an episode today specifically for you fathers out there who are desiring to be a better father or a better version of your former self or Maybe you're trying to break some serious cycles of bad fathering that has been passed on from generation to generation like someone you may know. Now, I'm not saying the guy who raised me was a bad dad, but if I were to be his counselor and if I were to sit him down and I was to have counseling sessions with him uh, while he was a young man growing up, I would have given him lots of things that he could have done differently. Not to make him feel like he's a bad dad, but to help him connect with his kids better, to help him connect with his wife better. And that's kind of one of those regrets that I have, is that I was so much younger than the man who raised me as a son. If you're not familiar with my story, I was adopted by my grandmother and her new husband, meaning uh, she had a, a baby out of wedlock when she was younger, and then she married or met this guy, and this guy Kozlowski, right, my last name. Uh, he's this guy from New Jersey, stationed in the military in Hawaii. She met, this, she met him, they dated He married her, adopted her uh, her daughter as his own, and so that's how I got the last name Kozlowski. And in their situation, you know, they're so much older than I was. By the time I came to have this knowledge and understanding, he was already retired, an older man, and a lot of the things weren't relevant anymore. I gave him as much advice as I could, and he had listened to it. But unfortunately, last you know years of his life, he was you know he suffered from a stroke and was paralyzed. So since I can't give the information to him. And the other fathers of my family tree, my biological fathers and grandfathers and so on and so forth, I'm going to give it to you guys. And I want to start off by talking about criticism and judgment. Criticism, first of all, is something that's necessary to help our kids, to help bring the best of our kids to the surface. We always want to be able to let our kids know when they're making mistakes, get them in line, order, structure equals safety. So we kind of intuitively know as dads that if we have high standards that we expect of our kids, if we, you know, hold their feet to the fire and if if we ask a lot of them that it can bring out the best of them. The challenge is to not make it personal. The challenge is to let them know and to make it known that we see greatness in them and we're trying to bring that to the surface as opposed to just barking orders at them telling them instructions but not giving them details of why we're giving those instructions this is going to take more work it's going to take more time for a lot of you dads out there listening to this um, i want you to pay close attention because i'm not talking to you about some cheesy fluffy stuff that you know even though i'm a therapist i'm not telling you to act like a therapist to talk like a therapist in fact that's not what i want you to do at all because if you were to change the way you talk to your kids meaning use different words and and act like a different person that could come off as being disingenuous and I wouldn't want it, I wouldn't want any of you to fake who you are to change the way you dress talk or act just to be able to have a better relationship with your kids now assuming that you're not you know acting inappropriately and, and being a horrible parent most of the people I talk to and the people I come across especially dads are just not as um, Equipped or don't have the tools or don't have the ability that um, they need to be able to have a better relationship with their kids and to be more influential. So criticism is something that is vital and it's important. I don't want you to get into fights with your spouse, your partner, your current wife, your ex-wife, if you're a single dad, whatever the situation is, I do not want you to get into Um, petty arguments, or even intense arguments with uh, your baby's mama, your your wife, whoever it is that helped you make these children. I don't want you to get in arguments with them because you're being too critical in their opinion, and you're only giving the harsh criticism. If you're focusing or one of those dads that love to point out all the negative things that they're doing, you're probably doing it too quickly. You're not timing it well. And if you do it too quickly and you're not timing it well, it's not going to be received well. For example, I coach my son's little uh, league basketball game. I don't know what they call the leagues, but it's basketball game. He's eight years old. And I can see some parents that are a little too critical. And the reason why I say they're being a little too critical doesn't mean that they're bad parents. It means that they're timing their criticism bad. So, for example, we're coaching one game. This one dad, he was really hard on his kid and like, come on, do this, do that. I, I wanted to say those things to my kid because my kid was doing the same stuff. Like, you know, thumb, like finger in his nose. My kid wasn't actually picking his nose, but just kind of daydreaming, wondering, wasn't playing defense, wasn't covering the person they're supposed to be covering. This dad was losing it. I was biting my tongue in my mind. I'm saying he's just eight years old. If I call him out while he's in the middle of the court right now and embarrass him then that's not going to help the situation. So at the timeout, I told all the kids, hey, listen, get your man. And I was telling all the kids what the dad was saying, but I was telling it to them at a time when they all had, when I had all their attention. And if I could have pulled that dad aside, I said, hey, you're right. I said, but screaming it from the sidelines, yelling at your kid. The kid kept on looking at his dad, and it was distracting him more. So his dad wanted him to pay attention to play defense, which he wasn't doing. But because his dad screamed his name, screamed his name, then he's paying attention to dad and the kid that he's supposed to be covering ran right by him and scored a bucket. It happened multiple times. In fact, it happened to my kid a couple times too. So I was learning from watching this dad. If I wasn't the coach, I might have been tempted to yell from the sidelines as well, but I didn't. And I don't feel this dad is a bad dad. I'm just using this as an example. The example is the timing. Criticism needs to be given in bite-sized amounts and at a specific time to help bring the best out of your child. So if you wanted to bring the best out of your child, dads, I would strongly suggest that you bring up the criticism in a manner which conveys that you're trying to bring out the best in them. Lead with something along the lines of, hey, listen, you did a great job today. You worked really hard. I liked your intensity. You know, give them three or four compliments. Now I'm going to tell you something that I think you could work on. When you're out on the court, you have to make sure that you know where your man is at at all times. When you're playing, if you lose your man, look for your man and be able to find him. Once you find him, then put your hands up and do all these other types of things. That's constructive criticism. That's helpful criticism. There's lots of you know, terminology to let people know. That's the type of criticism you want to focus on. But dads, we get emotional in sports, school, anything that we think could be embarrassing to us. We get emotional. Yes. Me. You. I struggle with this a lot. If you've listened to any of my other podcasts, I talk a lot about the father-oldest son, mother-oldest daughter relationship. Well, I've got one girl, one son. So my only, my son is my oldest son. And it's very frustrating for me because I think in my mind when I was his age, the things that I used to be into, the things that used to drive and motivate me. And he's not motivated by those same things. And if I'm being totally honest, it makes me very frustrated and angry. If I'm not careful, which sometimes I'm not, sometimes I'm careless, sometimes I'll give disappointment and frustration towards him that my primitive old school brain wants to tell me it's okay for me to, to be angry at him and frustrated at him. It's okay for him to, to feel my wrath and my heat because it's a tough world out there and I got to toughen him up. But if I'm being the conscious, clear-headed, calm therapist right now, That is not true. Those are my emotions telling me that. I'm not making my kid soft or I'm not allowing him to be some coddled kid because I don't yell at him all the time. If I'm at my best, and this is what I suggest for you guys because I'm not always here, so I'm I'm working on this myself. If I'm at my best, I'm pulling my son aside, I'm getting his full attention, and I'm talking to him one on one. I've got to let it ride if he's out in the middle of a game making mistakes. Or if he's in the middle of reading something and he's making mistakes. I can't make every single critical thing I say to him a long lecture. I will burn and drain him of all of his desires to continue to doing those things. I've seen this time and time again in my therapy. Dads will come in and they will have to take every little mistake or, or flaw that the kid made. They're overly critical about it. And then they turn it into this like sermon on the mount, like this big, long thing in life. You have to do this. And you have to do this. If you don't do this and this can happen, then they start using words that are so much higher than the kid's comprehension. The kid's just like sitting there staring. going, "What? what's he talking about? And I'm sitting there like Time out, dad. What are we doing here? You didn't even explain what those words meant. And you went off on this long tangent. And then eventually you said, okay, so is that clear? What are they supposed to say? No, that doesn't make any sense. I want to hear you talk about it for another 30 minutes. They're going to say, yeah, yeah. And then they go off and they do the exact same thing. Usually that's the case because they're little and they're kids. And then the dad gets frustrated. We just went over this exact same thing. Well, it's a harsh reality, guys. But the reality of it is we do not communicate our sincere, genuine thoughts, feelings, and desires, and hopes and dreams for our kids to bring the best of them to the surface as accurately as we think we do, or as accurately as we'd like to do. It's easy to lay heavy judgment, but judgment and criticism to better someone has to sound different than just ridiculing them. Your body language, your facial expressions. You don't have to be soft and cuddly, but you don't have to be overbearing and standing over them and super intense. So timing is key. Pick the right time to say something to your kids when you have their attention. Besides timing, another thing about it is you do not want to lay on so much reminders of all the past mistakes they've made just to validate you saying that they made another mistake. You can say something like, hey, I know I've gotten on you about this a lot in the past. The reason why I'm telling you this right now is because I want you to pay close attention to it. Then start the judgment or the criticism of their behavior but make sure that you're focusing on their behavior or what they did that was wrong and also make sure that they see that there's other things that they're doing at the exact same time that you are looking for. It's easy to point out the negative things about the outcome or the behavior. It's hard to be creative and say, listen, yeah, you didn't win the game, you didn't do this part and this right, and we can talk about that later, but here's the things you focused on. So I'm gonna give you credit for all the things you did and... Very powerful word. And I'm also going to hold you accountable for things you need to do better next time. Do I have your permission that next time you make a mistake in this in this area to call it out? Or would you prefer me to give you some sort of sign and signal during a game or during a, a school assignment or whatever it is, would you prefer me just to give you like a little hint or a little hunch or a little signal to let you know, don't forget about that? Because you may have a kid that's at a different age and you may have a kid that one kid needs you to be reminding them and the other kid is embarrassed by the reminder. Maybe you got an elementary school kid versus a a middle school kid. That's going to be totally different. Come up with some sort of partnership agreement with them. Something that you can communicate with them that, hey, when I do this, this means I'm serious. This means this is important. When I do this, it's not personal. I'm just trying to make it, you know, be brought up to your attention. My son and I have this thing because... I will not beat my son. I will not hit my kid. I am so against that for so many reasons. I couldn't possibly explain to you. But the big reason, I'm sure you could guess, because it happened to me. Now, does that mean that I don't believe that I can't be firm with my son, that I can't be serious and let him know that there's you know some some things in life that he can't be playing around with, especially when it comes to his safety? Absolutely. So my son and I have this thing. I say, son, look at my face. Now, I'm usually goofing around. I'm usually, you know, just kind of lighthearted. But when I look at when he looks at my face, I go, when you see my my eyes scowling like this and I'm looking tense like this, I've trained him over time and I've told him, does this mean that I'm angry at you and I'm mad at you? Or does it mean I don't like what you're doing and I want it to stop? You don't like what I'm doing and you want it to stop. How does he know to answer that? Because I told him over and over again throughout the past couple of years. If I grab your arm, if I squeeze your arm tightly and I look at you in the eye and say, look at me, look at me right now, that means I need you to take this serious. It doesn't mean I hate you. It doesn't mean I don't love you. In fact, it means I love you so much, but I don't have time to be soft and cuddly and talk to you about it. It's very urgent. So because I've done this over and over and over again, and my wife seen me do this, my wife knows I'm not being an overbearing dad. I'm not shaming my kid. I'm not going to hit him. I'm not going to be upset with him. Because by the way, my wife was really worried because how angry I'd get sometimes. She was worried that I was going to hit my kid. Well, my wife didn't, wasn't raised in a family where people got beat. My wife doesn't know what real aggression looks like. And I'm glad she doesn't know that because she's normal. She's not all jacked up like I was. But for her to see me communicate to my son the difference between this is, hey, knock it off, here's some criticism, here's some judgment versus this is serious and it's got to stop right now because you know you could be in danger for some way, shape, or form. I'm just trying to protect you and help you. As she's heard me convey that to my son in a much better way and he sees the difference between it being personal versus it being something I'm trying to help him with. Then she now gives me more of a leash, more of a lead way to be able to take control of those situations. Because for a long time, she was really worried that I was going to be too aggressive with my son because, like I said, because of my past. I've got that trust in my wife now. She trusts that when I talk to him, I pull him aside. I don't embarrass him in front of everybody like you to to me. I don't hit him. I don't grab him by the hair. I don't do anything like that. The most I've ever done is grab him by the side of the arm and the shoulder, and I grab him and I squeeze, and I said, look at me right now this is serious. Those are the things that I have to use at the particular moment when it's important and serious. The other times when I use criticism and judgment to help him be better, that's up to me to keep that balance that I can't make it personal. I've got to use the right timing. I can't be overly critical. And in those situations, that's when he learns the best. If I'm just throwing out things out my mouth and saying, you need to stop this. You do that. It's going over his head. His brain's like all over the place. He's not paying attention. And you guys, I don't know if you're like me, but most dads I've talked to, definitely for myself, whenever I feel my son is falling short in any way, shape, or form in life, I feel a fear of how that's gonna reflect on me. Now, that's not what I'm consciously thinking at that moment. I'm actually usually pretty upset. Sometimes I get embarrassed. Sometimes I, I get angry at him. I've had to work really hard to pull that back to make sure that I'm not hurting his self-confidence because he wouldn't even know that the world is going to judge him and ridicule him in in these ways because he's innocent. I'm the one that's putting him on that. Now, does that mean I don't tell him real tough things and have some honest, hard truths with him? Of course not. I mean, I have to be honest with him at times, but it's how you do it. Like I said, the timing, the intention, and the intensity makes a big difference whether he's going to learn something from it or if he's going to learn that he's just a disappointment to me and he's not going to come to me and talk to me when times get tough because he's going to think that I'm going to freak out and I can't handle the truth. On this podcast, we focused, in in my opinion, far more on moms freaking out, almost as if dads don't freak out. Well, I can testify in a court of law that dads do freak out. And one way that we can help ourselves by not freaking out is having a communication with our kids about things That when we're serious, we're going to act a certain way. We're going to use certain language, certain words. When it's not as serious, we're going to take our time. We're going to pull them aside. We're going to time it just right. We're not going to be ridiculing them and, and, and judging them in a way that makes them feel bad about themselves. Instead, we're going to talk to them about it. And when we talk to them about it, we want their feedback as well. So you guys... I'm uh, trusting that all you guys, all you dads out there, even though the things I said today were not complex, they shouldn't be rocket science. Maybe just a helpful reminder for some of you guys. But nonetheless, out of all the times I've worked with dads, and when I'm working with myself, looking at myself in the mirror, saying, "Why is my son not listening to me? Why is he not doing what I want him to do?" These little uh, nuggets of advice and suggestions are things that I have to remember, and I try to practice on a day-to-day basis myself. So as always, you guys, thank you for joining us here on OG Therapy and on Light the Fight. And as always, thank you for helping us to light the fight.